Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us or to give online, go to www.upperroomohio.com. We hope you enjoy this message.
It's 
our chance to step up and say, I'm going to keep pushing through. And so we'll pray for the city and the state and all these things. But first, I just really felt, especially during Raise the Hallelujah, I was just feeling like that there are some people here who really need to declare, like, <laughs> I might feel dead, but I'm, I'm going to stand in the middle of it all. Fear cannot hold me back. Shame cannot hold me back. And so I, so I just want for, for us, would you just join hands with the people around you? And it's such a symbol that we have people near us and with us that will pray for us, that are praying for us. Did you know that the Holy Spirit brings you to someone's mind who may not even know you? And friends think about you and they pray for you and the people that you're looking at around you and those you're holding hands with like they care about you even if they've only seen you once or maybe today's their first day like people truly care for you and I just feel so heavy this past week just that the enemy really wants to send this message that we're alone that we're so alone and wants to cause us just to huddle into just this isolated state because sometimes we think well you haven't felt what I felt you may not have been through this before I don't I don't know what you're gonna think if you find this out about me or I just don't know if I can continue on or that person hurt me whatever it is I just want to encourage you today that the, the Holy Spirit is just hovering and just eagerly desiring to to set you free to heal you to break walls down oh i just i just feel i don't know just this urgency that, that to get this message to somebody to you guys today that man god cares he cares he cares for you and and so when you're while we're holding hands i just want us just to sing that part that says fear has no choice but to leave it's people around us who partner with what God wants to do in us and around us and what people are praying over us. All of that combines to break things off, to rid shame, to rid fear, to create breakthrough. We cannot do it alone. We cannot just say, well, I'm praying God's got this. No, we need people around us. Amen. So I just want us to hold hands. And just declare this, like, fear has no choice but to leave. And I want to encourage you, if you get a word for someone, if you sense that someone is dealing with something, and you just get like, hey, I thought of you, share it. Share it. Tell them. You have no idea what that might do to that person or for that person. I can't tell you how many times someone's given me a prophetic word or said, I had this dream and I didn't know if I was to share it. And it was spot on to what I needed to hear in that moment. And I've shared things with people and they're the same way. Like, you have no idea. I just asked the Lord for a word this morning. So it's just this time, especially as we're coming together 9 and 11. Unity. Unity of the bride. This is how the bride comes together. And there's got to be unity here within us before we can see the corporate church come together. So let's just sing that as we hold hands. And then if you're like me, when you hold hands, you know it's powerful. But there's something in you that just has to let go and move. So you can do that too.
Fear has no power here. Chains have to break. Come on, sing this out. Fear has no choice but to bow. Chains have no choice but to break. And shame has no choice but to leave in your presence. Yeah, Jesus. Fear has no choice but to bow. Come on. Chains have no choice but to break. Troy, if you're from Springfield, 
um, date and Hebrew Heights, wherever you're from, I feel like that's gonna kind of cover all directions. So, so as we pray for our own cities, we're just gonna believe that it just rolls out like a ripple effect and just flies to Sunbury, Ohio, to Columbus, to Cleveland, and crosses, crosses over state lines and runs through America. So, yes, we just say, Holy Spirit, would you just rise up? Would you just break through the walls? Would you beat down doors, crash through windows, and cover our cities, cover the ground, cover the doorways, cover the businesses, the homes, the churches? God, just we, we just release your Holy Spirit today, Father, and we just declare that it goes through our city and across the state and nation and throughout the world in the name of Jesus. Now, can we just sing that part? Let's sing that. And as we're singing, we're just declaring that. You know what? I need to say that, like, it needs to beat down the doors in me. It has to start within us. I was just talking, I forget who I was talking to a little bit ago, but I think it was Linda. We were talking about the importance of within ourselves and making sure that we're whole and healthy and break down doors. So many of us walk around with walls and doors and we're just so distanced. It's an arm length, you know, like I'm good, boom. No, there is a call for us to break those things down. And so as we're seeing it, we're declaring it for ourselves in our city and all the places, amen. Fear of 
What are they exposed to? What's going to go on in the building this year? You know, there's so many things we can worry about, but it's, it's important to let the promise and the possibility to, to, to overtake the fear. Every single child and adult standing up here represents the promise and the possibility of Jesus being glorified in a school building. Look at this. These are the guys and the gals that get to take Jesus into those places. So we're just going to release protection over them, but also that there is something different. Something is different about these guys and gals. That when they walk into their buildings, they're highlighted as students, they're highlighted to the principal. I just release blessing and favor. God has asked for <laughs> influence increase their opportunity for leading things, leading clubs. God has asked for an increase in their desire to want to start new things. What does it look like if they start a group of kids who are just praying before school starts, right? So God, we just say, increase it, Lord. Just give them desires. Give them ideas. Father, I just ask that you would send legions of angels to surround each and every one of these guys. That they are protected that their mouth speaks your praise. God, their hearts release love and kindness. God, that wherever they go, every building or space they walk into becomes a freedom zone because you are there. I pray that teachers are so influenced and affected that there would become the Jesus moments because of their relationship with these students and adults. God, I just thank you that they get good grades. I thank you that they give their best effort. I thank you that they are the head and not the tail. I thank you that they make good, solid, new relationships and that their schools are full of you because they're in it. Give our teachers and adults who influence the kids opportunity. I ask for opportunities to speak your name, to minister, to release healing, to pray for the kids. Lord, oh, I just thank you that they are so covered by you. And we just we we ask for just an increase of protection and that the, the schools are places of peace and safety. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Alright, as you're heading back, just give somebody a high five. Wipe the sweat off. So disgusting. <laughs> yeah, should have had baptism today. Everybody be like, oh, we're baptized. Amen. Ah, it's so good to see you guys. I love it. This is one, I don't know if I say this like all the time, but this is one of my favorite Sundays. I don't know if like every Sunday is my favorite Sunday, but I love it. I'm so thankful you're here. I looked at the weather and I saw 90. I was like, dang it. I guess it's better than rain, but there is a breeze, right? Okay. All right, I could keep talking, but we're going to do tithes and offering. We're going to roll through all this really fast so that we can eat. Do you guys, when you pull in at whatever time, I got here like 9.20 and I'm smelling the smoker and I'm like, I'm hungry. Let me eat right now. 
so we're going to get you to the food. But um, if you would, just get out whatever you're giving today. We're going to still take up our tithe and offering and make our declaration over it. Um, I had a lady email me or talk to me last week, and she said, would you just email me your offering declaration? And so I sent it to her. It was funny because I was jogging, and I remembered I needed to send it to her. So I stopped jogging, and I had to put on my voice thingy, voice-to-text thingy. And I was like speaking it into things that I, for the life of me, couldn't remember half of it. Oh, what in the world? I've been saying that for three years. So, anyways, Erin had to help me through it. And anyway, when she emailed me back, she said, Thank you. I'm going to use this for my finances, but also for my family, my kids. And I thought, That's amazing. That's a great idea. So, anyway, as we're doing this, let's declare it over our finance and our families. Right? So, don't forget, you can text Upper Room Ohio to 77977. And here we go. As we give today tithe and offering, we are believing you for heaven opened, earth invaded, storehouses unlocked, and miracles created. Dreams and visions, angelic visitations, declarations, visitations, and divine manifestations. Anointing, gifting, and calls, positions and promotions, provisions and resources to go to the nations. Souls and more souls from every generation. Saved and set free, carrying kingdom revelation. Thank you, Father, that as I join my value system to yours, you will shower favor, blessing, and increase upon me so I have more than enough to co-labor with heaven and see Jesus get his full reward. P.S. Is there anybody who's like first-timers or first-couple-timers? Could you wave? I like to Thank you, Dan. Where are you? Oh, they probably are eating donuts. All right. 
All right. Also, thanks for everybody who helped set up. I know Josh helped plan a lot of this. There was a crew here yesterday at 4 o'clock. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Special thanks to Burnt Offerings back there. You're smelling that? It's good. Also, Ambient Sound. Thanks, Ryan and the crew. So appreciate you being here with us. And uh, we got Kona Ice on the way. They'll be pulling in here in a little bit. So uh, it's, it's, this is fun, isn't it? Yeah. It's hot, but it's fun. So it could be worse. I, uh, I have a mentor who does a lot of meetings in uh, Pakistan and Africa. And people will walk days, days to be in a meeting like this. And uh, so it, it makes me appreciate this a little bit, not whine as much So as, a, as an American. But anyway, hey, we're, we're thankful to have you. And uh, there's a lot that's went into this, but we're just, we're thankful. We get to be one today. It's so fun. And I only have to, I mean, get to speak one time today. So, uh, but it's, it's going to be short. I, some people know this, but my favorite fruit is the pineapple. All right? And uh, I'm going to give you some interesting facts about the pineapple, and then Steve Bowen's going to close today. Uh, but the, the pineapple is a unique uh, fruit, and I'm going to give you about 12 fun facts, all right? Uh, it's not only my favorite fruit, but it's, it's really symbolic. And there's something, how many know that there's some fruit that you can have for a while, it will ripen better in the house, or some may not even be a drastic difference from like fresh to can. But pineapple, there is something special about a fresh, cut, ripened pineapple. Are, are you with me? Yeah. So they grow these in St. Lucia, so we get to have fresh ones when we go there. And did you know that it takes almost up to three years for one pineapple to ripen, and only one plant produces one pineapple? Anybody know that? Some more fun facts here, all right? Pineapples regenerate. You can take the stem, you can put it in dirt or put it in a safe environment, some water, it will regenerate. Pineapples have an enzyme that will actually break down meats, all right? Fun fact there. Uh, Hawaii produces, it's the only U.S. state that will produce pineapples and it produces a third of all pineapples worldwide, all right? Pineapples are actually a cluster of hundreds of fruitlets. I'm gonna get back to that one. Pineapples uh, are native to South America, were first discovered around 1398, and originally called pine cones. They're shaped like a cone and they have pines on them. One pineapple plant uh, only produces one. Pineapples ripen faster upside down. Didn't know that one. All right, pineapples pollinators include birds, bats, and hummingbirds. Annalise probably like, man, this is awesome. This is so fun, this is good. All right, ten, a single pineapple plant can produce 200 beautiful flowers in the three-year period waiting for a pineapple to harvest. All right, pineapple is the only edible fruit of its kind. It's a bromeliad, and it's the only fruit of its kind. It's the only one that you can actually eat in that class, and there is no one pineapple the same. Now, let's, let's go to uh, Psalms 139.14. Psalms 139.14 says... I praise you because I was fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full and well. Now, now here's the deal. We were all fearfully and wonderfully made. We were all made unique and special. There's no one pineapple that's the same. And here's the beautiful thing about a pineapple. It is actually one single fruit made up of hundreds of little fruitlets. It's kind of like if you could picture a, crust, a cluster of grapes, and the cluster itself is the one fruit. That's, that's essentially what a pineapple is. So it's hundreds of these little things here called fruitlets made up one pineapple. I believe that's the kingdom of God. Now here's the prophetic and the spiritual symbolism of pineapple. It, it means to welcome. It means family, friendship. It literally means hospitality. 
It also means wealth and prosperity. You see, back down in the South, and oftentimes at, at the turn of the century, there was, there was a, a, a there were, pineapples were sought after. They were very hard to get because they all had to be imported to America. So when you're seeing an architecture or posts with pineapples in them or the Victorians with pineapples, that's because they symbolize wealth, they symbolize hospitality and welcoming. If somebody wealthy was having a party, they would rent a pineapple, put it on the center of the table, and that pineapple may be rented hundreds, if at least dozens of times, and go from party to party, estate to estate, because it was, it was very uh, prestigious to actually even have a pineapple. Now, I, I was thinking this week about what am I, you know, I going to speak on a church along weeks back. I love pineapples. I have a pineapple shirt. I may or may not even have a pineapple tattoo. So with these things said, I'm like, it's the pineapple. It's summer. It's fun. So, so here's the deal. I believe the pineapple is a lot like the kingdom. It's a lot like us. We were fearfully and uniquely made to be different. Each one of our DNAs are not the same. However, God brings us together. And I just felt like unity today with the 9 a.m. and the 11 a.m., he brings us together to be one. He brings the body of Christ together to be one. Each church uniquely different. Each person uniquely different. Each ministry, each thing. There's so many things going on. The, the tornado cleanups in Dayton would not have taken place in the expedited way that they have without the ministries, the churches, the Living City Project, all these things coming together. See, that's the pineapple coming together to be one, to be the bride, to be the church, to be God who's called us to be. See, listen, he's designed each of us uniquely different, not one the same. And I think that's really amazing, but when we come together, we're uniquely beautiful as individuals, but we're also even more beautiful together. Listen, David was, was out tending to the sheep, and, and they, they come to find a king, and there was one missing. And it wasn't the same, so they're at Jesse's house, so I know there's, there's still one. And, and when one person is missing, or one person is struggling, or one person is not living up to the design nature that God created them to be, then it's our job as a family to say, no, wait, there's still one more. They, they belong at this table. They belong at this supper. They belong at this dinner because they have a special sauce. They have a special plate. This is a beautiful day that, yes, we have great meat. Yes, we have Kona ice coming. But each one of us, hopefully... And if you're new, you don't count in this. But we're supposed to bring a shared dish. Now, if each one of you brought the same dish today, it'd be super boring, except for the burnt offerings of the barbecue. It'd be super boring if it was just all mac and cheese. Now, my daughter Olivia would be like, yes, that would be heaven on earth. But I can't eat mac and cheese at the moment. So it would be very hard for me. So anyway, when we all come together and we bring our sauce, we bring our plate to the dinner table, all of a sudden it's complete. That's the kingdom of God. That's, that's the beauty about different denominations. If they're believing Jesus the way we believe Jesus, if they're believing the Bible and preaching from the same word, and death, hell was, was conquered by Jesus Christ, and he rose again for our sins, then all of a sudden we're in unity, and we can focus on, as Steve Justice says, the big C church, the big C Christ. So many times we get caught up in being judgmental, and we get caught up in, in saying, well, they're wrong and we're right. No, it's, it's actually not about that. It's about, is, is God being glorified? Is Jesus being glorified? And are people being exposed to his gospel, his good news, and saying yes? And when that's happening, all of a sudden, we can come in unity on a day like today just with our church, with other churches, other ministries, and we can actually come together for the common good of the kingdom advancing. I love that thought that we, as individuals, are beautiful, but we together are even more beautiful. 
I believe upper room symbolizes a, 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 the symbolism of the pineapple welcoming family, friendship, and wealth. How many know when we got Jesus, we are the richest people on the planet? Amen. It doesn't matter what's in our bank account, it doesn't, but we are wealthy because we have the riches of his glory. And I'm telling you that God has great plans for you. He has great plans for you to prosper, great plans for a future, great plans for hope for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 releases, he declares that over you. Listen, I'd love to just pray for you, and then I'm going to call Steve up. Shortest message ever. Everybody say amen. amen. Say thank you, Jesus. <laughs> ha. So, Lord, I thank you that, that you are so good, that you've made us fearfully and wonderfully. You've uniquely designed each of us to be who you've called us to be. You have great plans for us. These great plans start with what, what Steve's about to say. These great plans in a true kingdom family starts upon saying yes to you, Jesus. So, Lord, we just ready our hearts, and, and again and again and again, every day we say yes to you, Jesus. Lord, we want to live for you. We want to live with you. Jesus, you're so good. You love us so much. You love your people, and you're calling us to be beautiful with purpose, with destiny. That, Lord, you focus more on our destiny than you do our history. You've forgiven us. You've overcome our sin. When you knew no sin, so Jesus, we thank you for that. We thank you for the unity of your church. We thank you for the unity of your bride. And we thank you for the love, the kindness, the power that we get to demonstrate through you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I've had a really interesting last uh, eight weeks. It's been really kind of exciting. I've been able to move families back into their properties. Yeah. And awesome. Over 170 families are now back in, their, in, in a new, new dwelling place, and it's been really uh, great to be able to do that and take part. And, and when uh, we were talking about uh, people who are tired, I'm one of those. <laughs> Every day I wake up at 6.30 and I think, oh boy, I get to move furniture today. <laughs> and sometimes I get a little bit weary in that. But the joy of that, the joy overrides the, the pain of it. And say so I'm able to pray with so many people. I've probably prayed with over 100 families in their home since we began. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. And it's not just me. It's for everybody. But there's a couple things that, uh, that uh, really has gripped my heart recently. I, um, besides the tornadoes uh, that, are, are, that happened, you know, that was a huge tragedy. And then right on the back of that tragedy, there was another tragedy where nine people were killed uh, downtown Dayton. I had the opportunity of going to the vigil downtown. I've had the opportunity of going to a funeral last week for Lois, Lois Oglesby. And uh, she was a mother of, uh, of two children. One was seven and one was about 18 months. And uh, right before she died, when she got shot, she called her husband. And she talked to the husband and says, I want you to take care of my children. I love you. And uh, she didn't make it, and so she, uh, had, that was her last call. So I was able to be at her funeral and listen to Pastor Paul from Revival Center talk about how that she was able to give a last call to her husband, and she was a believer. She was a Christian. She knew Jesus. You know, she loved Jesus. Her One of her favorite songs was a worship song that they sang at the funeral, and she loved the color pink, and she loved to dress up and all these different things. But his message to us that day, that was her last call. What is, what is your last call? 
Because every day we wake up and, and we don't know uh, when that's going to happen, when our last call is, when that's going to happen for any of us. 20 or 40 years ago, longer than that, I had a last call. I overdosed on drugs. I overdosed. I was, I was at death's door, and, and I was grateful that I had someone in my life who told me about Jesus and how Jesus could change my life. And he would talk to me and talk to me and talk to me, and he'd say, Steve, give your life to Jesus. I'd say, no, I'm having too much fun. I don't want to give my life to Jesus because I give my life to Jesus. It's going to cost me everything. And he told me about the Antichrist coming back and how at the last days that Christians would get their heads chopped off and all that kind of stuff. So he was trying to scare me into the kingdom. But in my crazy thinking, I was thinking, I know what I'll do. I'll just wait because I'm having too much fun. And then if Jesus begins to come back, you know, I'll just become a believer then. And then I'll get my head chopped off and I'll, I'll jump into heaven. Isn't that weird? But anyway, that was my last call. And then this week, something happened to my wife. Patty, this week, you know, I get a, a text message to call her, and I call her, and her blood pressure spiked, and uh, she went to school nurse, and her blood pressure was over 160 plus, and Patty told me later, after we talked down, she calmed down and everything, she told me, she says, Steve, I just want to let you know, I don't know when my last day is going to be, and I'm not trying to say this to scare people into heaven today, I'm just, I'm just I'm just because I'm living in this every day. I'm seeing this every day. I'm seeing people's lives uh, destroyed and then slowly building back together and, and been involved with some of the stuff that's going on. And so anyway, she told me, she said, Steve, she goes, I'm ready. I know Jesus. And so I don't know when my last day is. I don't know. But one thing I do know, I'm living for him. And one thing I do know is Jesus has promised me eternal life because Jesus came to do that. Jesus came to reveal the Father's love. Jesus came to show us who the Father was. Everything Jesus did on this planet was to point to the Father and to say, there's a God here who loves you. He's a Father. He loves you. He loves you so much that he sent me. And then when Jesus died on the cross, when Jesus died upon the cross, it was the greatest demonstration of love that mankind could ever behold. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And that's the good news. The good news that Jesus came to die upon a cross to bridge the gap between us and the Father. You see, God is so good, isn't he? Isn't he so good? He is so good. He is so holy. He is so righteous. And for us to come into his presence, it's somehow... It, it, we just can't. And the reason why we can't is because we have stuff in our lives that's sometimes bad. Anybody got any bad stuff in their life? Does anybody know like that God is totally good? Can anybody think of somebody who is totally bad? Somebody in your life may be totally bad. It could be someone who abused you or maybe it's your, your father or your mother or friend, somebody that's wounded you, and that person, you know they're not like God. They're, there's no way they can be like God. And so you have people that, that are, are, are kind of good. You know, like Mother Teresa. She's kind of good. Mother Teresa. Billy Graham's kind of good. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Simmons kind of goes down a little bit below them, but he's kind of good. You know, he's, he's kind of good. And we all have people that are, that are kind of good. We know that, but even the goodest of us don't measure up to God's holy standards. That's the truth. That's the truth. And the sad thing is there's really, really bad people like Hitler. That would be the worst guy I think I could remember of killing millions and millions of Jews. 
And then think about your own life. Where, where, where do you fit on the scale from God being totally, totally good and some bad stuff down here? And, and, and think about that. Where, where, where are you on that scale? Or maybe where is it the person in your life that's, that's good? Did you know that that person is good? We were buying uh, some stuff at Kroger today, having a talk with a young man, and I asked him the question. I said, who is the kindest person in your life? Who's the goodest person in your life? You know what he said? He said, well, not my brothers. They're diabolical. <laughs> he said, but my, my nana, my nana, she is the good person. She is the good person in my life. She's the one who cooks for me. She's the one who gives to me. She's the one who cares for me. But you know what? Even, even Nana, as good as she is, doesn't measure up to the goodness of God. And we need help to get there. And so that's what Jesus did. Jesus stepped in to bridge the gap between us, God being, uh, God being holy, and us being not so holy. And when we put our trust in Jesus, guess what happens? He, the gap is bridged. When we say, Jesus, come into my life, we believe that you are the Son of God and you were crucified and you were buried and you rose again and you did this for me to show me your love. When you believe that and you confess that, what happens is even us who are kind of bad, even us who have shame in our lives, even some of us who, who even the bad person is us. For some here today, that bad person is you. And what Jesus wants you to know today, he wants you to know that he bridged the gap for you just like he did for everybody else on the planet. He did that. He did that for you. And basically, folks, that's the good news. That's what we carry. We carry the good news. We carry Jesus in our lives. And Scripture says that people need to hear the good news, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him the gap is me measured up. We become sons and daughters of God, no longer shameful, no longer uh, wallowing in our fear, no longer wallowing in all that kind of stuff. When Jesus comes into our lives, guess what? He begins to transform us. The word says this, if, it, if any man is in Christ, he becomes a new creation on the inside. The old things pass away and all things become new. Aren't you glad for that? I'm very glad for that. And what does that mean? Does it, does it mean that we're perfect? No, it doesn't mean that we're perfect at all. But what it does mean is that God is faithful. It says that he will complete the work that he began in us if we trust in him. And so today, some of you here today, you may be saying, you may be saying, hey, you know, uh, I've heard this story before, but, but I've never responded to it. I've never really said yes to Jesus. You may have been like me when my friend Tim had, had talked to me several times. Steve, give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. Why, why are you waiting? Why are you having hamburger instead of eating steak? Give your life to Jesus. And maybe that's you today. Maybe today's the day when you need to say, you know, I, I've, been, I've been near this stuff. I've been in church. I've, I've, I've done this stuff. But you know what? I don't know. I just haven't crossed the line. I haven't made the last call like, Lois Oglesby made that last call maybe to Jesus and that Jesus come and save me and rescue me. God's word says this, that those, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, they'll become the saved, those who believe and receive. And so that's the message of the good news. That's what Aaron asked me to, to bring to you. That's, that's the message that I'm trying to bring to the families. And I'm trying to, I am folks, I am really trying to be Jesus with skin on to 
the families every day, every day. Every day I go out. Every day I move a heavy bed. Every day I have a conversation. And every day when I say to this person, can we pray? And they say, yes, we can pray. That's what I'm trying to do with my life. And I would encourage you guys to do it too, to, to allow God to work in you, to be the Jesus that our world needs to be. Okay, let's stand. Okay, we're going to pray. And, and I really appreciate Aaron allowing me to, to share this. But, you know, the, the, the message I just share with you, anybody can share it. God is good. People aren't so good. Guess what? Jesus bridged the gap. It's a simple gospel. The cross paid it all. The cross paid it all. So, Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you, God. We thank you for the great celebration that we can have. We thank you that you so loved us, that you gave your life for us, that we might live, that you transferred your life to us, that we might live through your death. And now you're asking us to receive your life, that we might truly live. And so today, if you've never receive the gift of eternal life, his life today. I'm going to ask you just to, to do something for me today. And to be honest, I don't care if every eye is looking around. I just, I don't. But today, maybe you say, today's my day. Today's the day when I'm saying yes to Jesus. Today is the day that I'm saying, yes, I want, I want to go for God. I want to go for his kingdom. If that's you, would you just raise your hand up? Just raise your hand up. There's one. Would you raise your hand up? Today's today. Today's today for you. Today's today for you. So if you brought someone today, I would, I would encourage you maybe to have a conversation with them over, over barbecue, okay? Would you have a conversation with them over barbecue and maybe explain just what we've done today and, and uh, how, how good Jesus is? Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's give God a shout. Can we do that? Let's give him a shout. Josh is coming up.